So I just want to kind of take the topic of I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be and break it down into just different subheads. Okay. Good. I love when you do that. Let's talk about personal growth and what are some examples you've gone through over the past? I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be. To be not perfect. Who is perfect anyway? Welcome to season three, episode three of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. In this episode, I catch up with Nava Berg. Nava is an advocate for mental health, and she is also a certified social media and PR expert who has been disrupting, reinventing, and revolutionizing over the years with me, integrating tech with PR. Today, we are talking about the art of not being perfect while also recognizing the importance of self-awareness and personal development. Okay, ready, Nava? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's stretch, breathe, Uh, get ready for this moment in history. Right. All right, ready? Let's go. What are we talking about? All right, let's go. Three, two, one. Hello. Today we are talking about I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be with Nava Berg. Hey, Nava. Hey, Lisa. Good old times. Oh, my God. Not perfect, but better than I used to be. Yeah. So... Let's just do like a little bit of a refresh on where that saying came up. I'm going to give you 100% credit. I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be is so perfectly descriptive of our journey together Mm -hmm. separately. And I think a lot of people listening out there, whether they're in PR, marketing, entrepreneurship, working as a business professional inside of an organization, a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. a mom, a parent, just somebody struggling out of school. Right. So let's just kind of rewind a little bit and talk about how we met. Well, I remember the first, which is so crazy because I don't remember anything, is that we we had met through Carrie Olivier. So shout out to Carrie Olivier. And you were like, let's meet at Starbucks. And it was in Boca. And I walked in, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Cameron Diaz. And I was really into social media at that time, but there were really no jobs, sort of like VR and AR are right in Web3 are kind of right now, or maybe a couple months ago, six months ago. So you were already doing it and you had your own agency, which was really out of the box. Nobody really had that. Even really big agencies weren't doing social media. So I was uh, working at a lighting company and I wanted to do a little bit more of what I loved to do, which was talk to the community and talk to the audience and, and actually get immediate feedback, but also real time. You have to wait for the magazine to come out or the ad to come out. It wasn't controlled. It was you as the brand. So yeah, so we connected, had coffee and I mean, we were remote, right? Yeah, we we did a lot of things before everybody else was doing things. And I think that's what connected us right away Mm -hmm. was that we both had a passion for being innovative, being ahead of the curve, doing things out of the box that were out of the ordinary, experimenting. And that was, you know, a lot of people didn't realize it, but okay, let's, you know, we can date ourselves. That was 2007-ish or 2008. And I remember meeting at Starbucks and having our, our business meeting there. And that was like our, our remote office at the time. And that was, mm-hmm. like you said, before people were actually like working from Starbucks, like people do today, or people have been for the past 10 years. And we connected, we were just like, I was looking for somebody that, you know, was excited and passionate about where everything was going. And 
and was excited to do things different and learn with me, from me, with me, from me. Like it wasn't like I knew everything. We were just learning together and learning how mm-hmm. to integrate social media at the time and search marketing into the PR strategy and into my PR agency. And it was super exciting. And it's been a roller coaster for us professionally. It's been a roller coaster for us personally, but we have always come back together. We haven't always worked together 100% of the time over the past 15 years, but we've always come back to each other. And I'm just going to use now fast forward to last week. We talk like maybe every few months, which is sad, but when we do talk, it's like yesterday. Right. And over the past week, we've been talking more, but last week you dropped into my life on a day that I really needed somebody like a Nava Berg in my life to like, kind of shake me up and give me my awakening of like, Lisa, you've got this, what I was going through. And you did. And I mean, you taught it to me, right? <laughs> I mean, I didn't meditate until you, I mean, you were all into that yoga and meditation and I mean, you even wrote blogs around creating space, which is like the topic of the year, right? I mean, it's actually crazy. I think it was, it was 2008. It was right in the beginning, 2008 or 2009. And you were writing about how to balance like your spiritual self. And I was just like, I don't have time for that. I mean, yeah, I no, no, but you else. wanted nothing to do with spiritual, mm-hmm. anything, Zen, no. yoga, meditation. Like, I think like that was a, those were like triggers to you of like negativity anxiety but you were so patient to like placate me (laughs) well I liked reading about it I just no you you were my biggest cheerleader in it and yeah it's true like I think that I was very an early adapter bringing wellness into the professional world and into especially like our you know fast life 24 7 in the social media PR and digital world we were early adopters so we got we got the the excitement early and then we got the hit of like what it's like to get taken down and burned out early from digital, mm. right? Yeah, that's what, what I've been going through the last year for sure. So it's- I just want to yeah. kind of take the topic of I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be and like kind of break it down into just different subheads. Okay. Good. I love when you do that. <laughs> so let's just talk about, first of all, personal growth and I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be. And, uh, you know, what are some examples that you've gone through over the past, let's just say five to 10 years, especially over the past couple of years in personal growth that other people can learn from that they can do the doctor, get your health checkups. Don't eat candy because sugar is worse than stress for your body. Eat right. As in protein fiber, make sure you get your blood work done. You could talk about that, you know, because doctors will say, okay, you're fine at the checkup, but sometimes you need your blood work. Are you low on iron? Are you low on whatever else you're, you could be high or low on. And those are indicators of things. Um, Another thing I learned is that breathing, you know, I walked on fire because I learned how to use my breath. So breathing, and sometimes it's okay to just step away from what you're doing I learned so much this last year, Lisa, I could go on for like seven hours, but just the the whole big picture of what I learned is take care of yourself and make it a priority. And I think people might be saying, what does this have to do with social PR secrets and being in the public relations or marketing or entrepreneur category, or, you know, a student just graduating. And I think this saying just comes to me, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself first, save yourself. But what does that have to do with PR secrets? It's like, Look, if you want to be your best self when it comes to PR and branding and marketing and 
being an entrepreneur or being a, a professional to an organization and standing out, you have to take care of yourself first. And that means like breathing, taking care of your health, taking care of your mental health and balancing and creating space, white space. Remember that was going to be the name I think of one of my books was creating space or white space. And white space is something we have to learn how to integrate that into our life to get to where we are today to be like, okay, we know how to divide and conquer. Yeah. And another example of that is, you know, I was working 24 seven and it's very easy to do that in social media and social PR. And I was working for a really toxic boss for, you know, when I was at DraftKings and instead of, you know, taking a breath and writing all the stuff down, I just walked away because I couldn't handle any more dealing with the craziness because I didn't take time for myself. And I just wanted to walk away from it all. And I had a great, you know, I was in a great place. I had a good career. I was doing VR. I was doing AR. I was doing all sorts of sorts of things. And then this one guy just didn't was whatever he was. And my career kind of stopped at that point. And I think I could have changed it had I taken more time and really planned a lot of the things that I was doing versus just abruptly saying, you know what, I can't take it anymore. It's like so abusive. And then just walk away and run away because I just couldn't do it. And I so think you, that's think, really you think things could have worked out different if you would have, if you were taking care of yourself? I do. I definitely do. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. And knowing the Nava 10 years ago, five years ago, and now, and you knowing the Lisa 10, five, and, and now, like, I can say that, like, you, I think we probably both were but you are like more impulsive than you are now. Yeah. And I think like not being impulsive, it's hard because you're like, you feel like you know what you're doing at that moment, but the whole thing is taking a step back, breathing, thinking about it, maybe writing things down. Yeah. And it's also a trait of anyone in this business because you have to be impulsive in a way because you have to jump on trending news. You have to be there 24 seven, catch on it. You know, it's like, you don't want to miss a beat. You want to do the best for your client. And you also want to do the best for your career. So, you know, you just never know when that one thing's going to go viral. You think of Oreo and how great they were in that one. I just still think it's the best example with VMAs. And, you know, that takes a lot of time and effort, but you could space it out and you're really good at that. So let's talk about how I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be when it comes to public relations and marketing. And I think like just looking back public relations and marketing up until like 10 years ago, I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be. Public relations couldn't say that. Public relations had a voice. I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be. Public relations didn't change. It was never been better than it used to be up until the past 10 years. And now every day, PR as an industry can say, I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be. And I think it keeps getting better with emerging tech. So layering all these things that we were experimenting with, some worked, some didn't, but being that early adapter of things continued to make us better than we used to be. So what are some examples that you can think of that maybe we learned together or you learned when it came to PR and, and improving and and I have some, you know, I can share too, but what's, what are some of yours? Well, first and foremost, I mean, I think you have to be adaptable because I mean, look at what you're saying is so true. I mean, first thing I think of is Tiger Woods, right? <laughs> so 10 years ago or 12, 11, 12 years ago, you could write up this non-humanized press release on what someone did wrong. And it's going to be on the celebrity or, you know, on everybody, on not 
tearing them down, but maybe just saying, here's their quick response. But, you know, really being vulnerable and humanizing yourself, I think is the number one tip as a PR, you have to really get to know the brand. And you said it to me, I remember you were working for a yoga brand that was one of your clients. And you said, Nava, I can't give you that client unless you do yoga, unless you do meditation. Because if you're not doing it, you can't really write about it and talk about it. And that changed a lot for me and maybe was something that I fought back on a lot because I took that lesson and I said, I can't, you know, I can't, it doesn't fit well with my brand, you know, it doesn't match with my integrity or I, I would say no to clients because it just didn't match. But the one number one main thing I learned, I think in the last 10 years is research, how to research using social media, not as just a listening tool, but as a research tool to be able to write the correct angle and see what might be trending tomorrow or next week. And that is huge. I think hearing what other people are saying, but then digging deeper, not just taking the topical part of it, that is that has changed so much in the last 10 years. I think a lot of no-name people became famous because of it. Definitely. I think another important aspect is having that, I mean, you use the example, but having that personal connection mm -hmm. with the brand or the personal brand in order to really serve them well. So I think, you know, most of the clients that we worked with, we had a positive personal connection, but not all of them. And the ones that we didn't, probably we didn't, you know, deliver as well as we could have if we had that personal connection of like, Hey, I get this, or, Hey, this I'm passionate about this, or, you know, like now, you know, today it's, it's, they're the influencers are the ones that are, you know, basically on the front lines of a lot of public relations, but public relations, if you are representing, or even in social media, if you're representing a brand, you have to be passionate to really deliver. And when you're hiring a PR or social media freelancer or agency or solopreneur, that's one of the things I think should be like part of the checklist. Like, is yeah. this, is this person my, are they buying my product or service? Are they, do they understand it? Have they gone through the process of it? Have they like worn it and used it and loved it and, you know, reused it and recommended it before they even started working for you. And so that has a lot to do with delivering the best results. Yeah. Cause and it doesn't have to be perfect, right? It, it has to be authentic. Be exactly. As long as it's authentic. Exactly. And that is, I think, the biggest mistake that's happening still to this day with influencers and, and all that. Yes. And I think public relations is the epitome of I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be because PR is way far from perfect. If you want perfect, you need to create an ad, hire an ad agency and, you know, control everything and spend a lot of money. And maybe the outcome is not going to be as valuable as PR, but PR is so far from perfect. So I think that that's another lesson that or secret is that public relations is an example of I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be because every PR mention or article or placement that you achieve or social proof is going to be better than it used to be better than the past. It's going to build on each other and the positive will outweigh the negative, but there's always going to be those oopsies or, Hey, this didn't come out exactly how we thought it would be or nothing came, nothing resulted from it. Right. And don't always blame the intern, you know, <laughs> just saying. 
<laughs> it's not a good look, I think, you know, because you're trying to say you're perfect, but they're not. <laughs> that makes you unperfect. But yeah, I, I think what you're saying is spot on. And I think a good story is way better than any ad. So maybe take that story and make an ad behind it. Stop trying to do the hard sell. You used to tell me that a lot. Nava, it's not the hard sell. It's not <laughs> hard sell. We're we're just sharing their story or we're sharing the information. Like try what I remember you when I used to curate tweets and write, I'd be like, God, what is the hard sell here? I mean, have a CTA, but it doesn't always have to be and buy it here or get it here. It can be read the story and what inspired you with that story, which is huge because you're actually engaging your audience versus telling them you need to buy this because we think this, but what about what they think matters? What about tech? Let's talk about tech and how I'm not perfect. Tech isn't perfect, but it's better than it used to be. And I think that that is a great topic to talk about and how we've embraced tech. A lot of what we embraced doesn't even exist anymore, but each one was a stepping stone to where we are today. And today we're in this world of artificial intelligence and web three and metaverse and AR and VR, you know, they're all intersecting. And right now artificial intelligence is like the biggest buzzword, but look at where we've come from 15 years ago to today and how we've leveraged every year, every step of innovation in tech. So what are some highlights that you remember or lowlights? (laughs) Okay. I just want to say like the main thing I I, I was thinking about this yesterday, I was watching football NFL and on the commercial, there was Canva. And I looked at my husband and I was like, Canva is on an NFL commercial. This is Melanie Perkins. I remember when we were talking about Canva and you would go speak about it. You, I mean, you were a huge influencer. Then, and then Guy Kawasaki would talk, gave away all those like free things. And we're like, yeah, we've been using Canva. Do we also get the free month? (laughs) But Canva would be my biggest regret to not have really jumped on it or bought stock or done something with it because I knew that it was going to be amazing because if I can use it, anyone can use it. Joomla. Okay. So this is my favorite story. I love telling everybody this story, but when we were just starting out, we were remote and remote tools for small businesses were just nowhere to be found. This was like 2008. This was 2008. Yeah. We were literally using Joomla like people use Dropbox today. We could have created Dropbox had we had not, had we not had so much work to do because we were also laying the groundwork for people who weren't doing what we were doing. So I always say we made it easier for other people to come in because we shared a lot of information. So we were using Joomla and sharing files, like literally just like Dropbox does. Yeah, it was. I remember, and at that time I had moved from, we were working together for about a year in South Florida. Then I moved to Orlando. So we had Mm -hmm. to figure out quickly, like, how can we work remote? You know, how can we communicate in real time? And I remember calling my friend, Ron and Tevi, who was the founder of eBuilder, which he now sold a couple of years ago for a nice penny. And I remember calling Ron because he ran eBuilder and eBuilder at the time, it wasn't called the cloud, but like he was, you know, everything was kept in the cloud for architects and, and builders and commercial organizations, commercial utilities. And I said, Ron, how can, can I use your technology to, I need something like this for my business. And anyway, it was a year or two later and then Dropbox and 
the cloud and everything that we have today, Google, G Suite, and everything like that, Drive is here and we can easily share files, but we were doing it in our own way, hacking our way through, and now innovation has has helped us like seamlessly put that all together and make that not an issue anymore. But yeah, that was that was something. And Canva was a game changer. And we experimented with things like, do you remember Blab? <laughs> Uh, we had yeah. we had our we had a talk show on Blab with yeah, him. What was Kathy? You and Kathy Hackle had one. What was it called? It was it was something like the Buzz or the Daily yeah. Buzz or yeah, yeah. that's right. The yeah, buzz. that's so funny. I know, I know. So much content we created, and I don't know where it is today, but a lot of the content I ended up streamlining into this podcast, Social PR Secrets, so that I could have everything under under one umbrella. So here we are, season. Three, you are part of the season three of Social PR Secrets, Nava, and I couldn't think of anybody better mm-hmm. to kind of chit chat about where where things have been, where they're going, where we are today, and what's most important to keep your sanity mindset. I mean, I think that is just so critical, and it's become more mainstream: yoga, meditation, mindset, manifesting, boundaries. You said to me the other day, the the word of the year of 2020 is purpose. purpose purpose and really making sure that you are centered on your purpose because if you're not the example of your boss that was toxic and what you were going through I think that your purpose wasn't 100% clear in your mind and that boss that superior that authoritative figure kind of made everything blurry for you so if you weren't clear and somebody's making it even blurrier then it's even worse right and I think it's okay to have bad days because there's always going to be a good day and you don't want to be perfect. You want to be vulnerable and you want to be yourself. And if that's not good enough, then you need to realign and find what you need to do. Because if you're too hard on yourself, that's where you can really fall. And I think a lot of people, and by the way, it's, it's self-care month, you know, and it's true. You just need to take maybe an hour, maybe you like to go to Hobby Lobby or, you know, a craft store to get inspired. Maybe you like to go to a museum, just take that hour because you're, if you take it and you put it, like you say, schedule it in your calendar, that's your time. And then when you come back, you can get back to work, but everybody gets a break. It's okay to take a break. It's pretty much legal. So you'll come back happier, more clear, and you won't work yourself to the ground. It's so important, and especially in PR. Okay, so that brings me back to last week when we reconnected. Yes. And the whole topic about giving breaks. So I think that especially in the past two or three years, in general, people have a hard, harder time giving other people a break yes. and being empathetic and understanding to, okay, you know, is somebody judged right there on the spot of maybe doing something that they meant well, or maybe they didn't think things through clear enough and there's no breaks given. It's like, Oh, you mean they were human? That's so weird. Right. (laughs) And so you were just saying something along the lines of certain people, they just have to one day they'll have their awakening and they haven't yet. And I think that that being on the other side of somebody that might not be um, looking at something in an empathetic way or giving you a break is really hard. And it's hard to, especially if it's somebody that's important to you, whether it's in your case, your toxic boss really didn't give you a break. When your personal life, certain people that I know of don't give you a break because they just, it's black and white. Certain people in my life that was happening last week, don't give me a break. 
So and there's a word you, for that. It's called narcissistic behavior. And, and that's, that's really hard. And you'll see that a lot in your career. And there's like that book, how to manage, how to deal with people you can't stand. But what happens when you have to deal with people you can stand, but just don't see things openly and in this, like you said, in the square box and can't get out of it. And a lot of times it's because something's going on in their life and they can't look back and think, do I want to hurt others like I'm hurting or do I want to make my surroundings better? Because it's really a choice. Happiness is a choice or, you know, being open-minded is a choice. Every time you judge someone, you're making the choice to not be empathetic. You're looking at somebody just as a visual and not thinking, well, maybe something's going on in their life. And how about I ask them how they're doing? Or looking at it like, you know, effort and intention were in the right place. And maybe I just need to look at it from, you know, that saying there's three sides to everything. There's my side, the other person's side, and then there's the neutral side. There's some, the observer side that who is the observer. And I think that like, that kind of brings us to the topic of realities. Like my reality isn't your reality. And I try to, as much as possible, be empathetic and think about the other person's reality and situation so that I know that their reality isn't my reality and what I'm going through, they can't necessarily relate to hundred percent. And, and I think, okay. yeah, it, it's okay, but it's also a disconnect, you know, and, and it helped it tears people down and tears people apart when you're not able to remember that your reality isn't the only reality in this world. And we live in, we, between you and I talking about reality, we talk about augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality, your reality, my reality, personal reality. Robotic, you know, the, robotic, right? Robotic uh, reality. Avatar reality. It's so, there's so many different realities. Yeah. Think. Yeah. And I think in today's age, like now just kind of circling back to like web three and artificial intelligence and and the different realities that we have, like we have to realize that there are so many realities. Our own reality is definitely most important, but taking into consideration the other person on the other side of the screen or the table or the phone or the device is a real person, a human being, possibly suffering, possibly super happy. You just don't know. And it goes two ways. And I think that that in PR, especially you have to understand that when you're working with, yeah. Like you're working with editors, you're working with, you know, you're working with social media platforms where there's no mercy. You're working with clients that are on demand and they expect like the world from PR and they're maybe don't have realistic expectations. So, you know, just circling back to like, what are like, let's just like sum it up, like some actionable things that if you're listening to this episode, what you can do to serve yourself and serve your professional life, your, your PR life, your entrepreneur life, your mom life, your parent life, your self life better. First and foremost, before you ever press send on anything, breathe, walk away from it for five minutes, breathe for five minutes, like the four, five, seven breath. Maybe we could even throw that GIF in, in the comments. Yes. But the, the, the main thing is the way you feel right now is not always how you're going to feel. So when you're responding to a customer on social media, don't just attack what they said. Try to read into who they are. It's very easy to go to their profile and look through them, their comments and see, are they, you know, rabid uh, zero star customer service? Then say, thank you for your feedback. We're going to pass it along. But the breath, you know, always taking a breath even when you're talking to your client, you know, not just your customer, your client's customer, but second would be a burn journal. 
grab that journal that you can write down what you're feeling at that moment and then just toss it in a fire pit or rip it up and after you're done and just feel the feelings. And then three, grab a crystal for some spiritual healing. Crystals are, I'm, I'm a big fan of crystals and they work. They, they, at least I think they do <laughs> and follow the moon because sometimes you're, or follow whatever, you know, you follow for your, for your religious or spiritual self. Do you notice you get a little bit more edgy on specific times of the month or specific days? Because those are the days you mark down in your calendar. Do I really feel that way? And you ask yourself and you do those breathing techniques a little bit more that day. So those are, those are mine for sure. So those are awesome. And the one about don't hit send right away. Another thing you can add to that instead more than waiting five to seven minutes, just write it out and put it in your drafts and revisit it the next day. Or if you have a little bit of cushion and look at it again after you've had a good night's sleep, because a good night's sleep key, like that's actually one, my, one of my actionable is sleep. I have realized is so critical in your daily function and your daily creativity and your output, your performance, your happiness, everything that my husband and I, we track our sleep every night. We look at our sleep score. We, you know, we try to get, you know, the highest sleep score. We've realized what is taking us down in our sleep score. That could be a whole, whole episode. Yeah. I um, want to talk about that. Yeah. But sleep is really critical to, to your output the next day. And I just learned something from, I've been working with some coaches out of, out of Portugal, untapped.nz and Briani is her name. And she, she gave me this workshop called Wealth Energetics. And I'm just going to sum up what I mm. think is very relevant to this. So there's doers and we're both doers, right? Yeah. And there's, there's also the planners, the ones that are like the spreadsheets and mapping out everything. And, and then there's the, the people that are also just being and, you, and using their intuition to, to operate. And so Basically, the key is, is being able to balance those three areas. But a lot of times, like you could probably identify that you're one of those three and that that's where your like super strengths are. The three, the being is like the intuition that we have to allow ourselves to have to be successful in the doing and the intellect. So like mm. I'm, I'm more of a doer and I think I'm, I'm like skewing between like doing, I think I'm skewing between all three. I don't Me think, too. I don't know. Me too. Yeah. Um, More we're, as both, I we're both high level, high achieving doers. We're like action oriented action figures, right? Mm -hmm. But I think with this workshop was called Wealth Energetics. And the secret to wealth is you're so afraid to using your intuition that it also, it will crumble you. So your intuition is very powerful. So if you're always doing, but you're never using your gut feeling or that instinct, you know, you, but you can't always just be like, oh, I feel like doing this today. Oh, today I feel like doing this. Like you can't just be like that every day. So you have to combine the doing, the planning, you know, the strategy, the Excel sheets, whatever you plan on your journal, and then your intuition and balancing those three things. So it's like, if, if I fail at this, what is the worst that can happen? Not, but if I fail at this season three of social PR secrets and I, my, my course just completely fails, what is the worst that can happen? You can say... I'm not perfect, but better than I used to be. Yeah. But I mean, I can rebuild. I can rebuild. I'm not going to get taken down if, you know, what I was going through last week or, you know, if, if what I'm doing right now, if I'm, a, if I'm so afraid of failing, what's the worst that can happen? I just get up and I 
do it again and do it better and reinvent myself again. And the, uh, the example I used, which I know you're going to love. And I know who it is. <laughs> in I know season three, episode one was Madonna. She's the queen of reinvention. You know, if she just kept doing the same thing that she was doing in the 80s, she would not be popular today. So you just have to com- completely go use your instinct, like go against the grain, reinvent, and don't be afraid of failing. You can get back up and do it again. I, I love that. I love that so much. You cannot just sleep on one thing. Keep your eye, keep your eye on what's coming and test it. So when it does come out, you'll be ready for it. And there's space and time to create for that. You you have a lot of different ideas. That was like your five minute. I don't gosh, I don't remember what that blog was, but I loved it. I used it. And that was really good. We'll dig it out of the archives, but will you come back to another episode and talk about, I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be? Um, Absolutely. I'd love to. I'd love to. All right. And just tell us what you're doing after, after this episode, which is so cool. Oh, I'm going to a crystal shop. Uh, I've been helping out a a woman owned small business. She's just starting out and, you know, I'm in a point in my career where I'm sort of pivoting and I'm not sure where I'm going. And I said, oh, I'll help you, you know, because there's nothing like uplifting others. That's a really good thing to do within your communities, uplift those that are strug- not struggling, but just maybe that need some help that can't afford it right now. Because when when they're popping, maybe there'll be an opportunity there. So yeah, I'm going to go get my Zen on. Okay, well, awesome. Well, I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I used to be. That is the social PR secret of the day. Mm-hmm. And thanks for joining you, Nava Berg. I love you. Namaste. And thank you everybody for listening and check out the show notes, join the email list, and you will be first to know about everything that's happening in my secret world. And read digital detox. It's a must for every single social media and PR person, along with social PR secrets, but digital detox. The link is in the show notes. Thanks, Nava. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.